Follow the light. The light is your guide. King Ghidorah, take me to your leader. Quick to claim that he not no snake like me neither. They need to take a breather. He's been rhyming longer than Sigmund the Sea Creature. Welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. I am Mark Salcedo, managing editor and writer at ScreenGeek.net. Uh, alongside me, I have... Kelsey Loizel, writer and editor for ScreenGeek.net as well. And uh, anybody who's tuning in for the first time, we are a film podcast, uh, film news. Uh, we also do a review on a recent film, uh, a couple segments that uh, hopefully will get a few chuckles uh, for you people who have dead souls. And uh, what makes our podcast different, question mark? I say different. Is uh, Different in a good way or di- bad way? Different in a good different way. Different or you're different? Uh, the former, I think. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have my co-host Kelsey explain that portion of our podcast. That portion of our podcast is, mm-hmm. it's nuts, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. That's it. It's <laughs> nuts. It's nuts, yeah. Um, I didn't grow up with a whole lot of knowledge of film or, you know, TV shows or anything like that, so I don't have any nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And um, we thought it would be a great idea to see what would happen if we pit my lack of knowledge against Mark's dictionary in his mind where he categorizes everything like, you know, the catacombs of a secret lair somewhere. Yeah, like what character ate in what scene and how many times he chewed in that particular scene and (laughs) if he actually swallowed the food, you know, stuff like that. You know, know, great stuff for an application. Exactly. <laughs> so we just want to know how you guys would like to know how we interact with each other, what our opinions are on those films, and does it still hold up? Yeah, uh, Kelsey kind of takes uh, perspective from uh, a person who doesn't have a lot of nostalgia feelings or love towards like a certain property that's either well-loved, cult status, or considered like a classic film. And I take a look at it as someone who does have that nostalgia love. Uh, towards something and we kind of like depending on what there are recent review or a recent release review comes out um we'll debate on what movies best paired with that you know it might be like a fine wine with dinner exactly like a <laughs> cheese with like wine or a beer with a burger something like that you know like it might be the director the actor the cinematographer or maybe just like the subject matter um, in this case, we're going to be reviewing uh, the newest uh, film, uh, Godzilla, uh, King of the Monsters. Uh, it was just released this past week. And the film that we're going to review that's considered a classic, uh, which will be in our what we call a geriatric cinematic review, is uh, Ghidorah, the Three-Headed Monster. I think that's the title of it. Anyway, yeah, it came out like 19. I can't wait to tell you about that. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a gem. It's such a gem. Uh, but before we get into that, we got our news segment. And here's the news. Uh, James Cameron confirms that John Connor's appearance in the rated R Terminator Dark Fate film. 
Dark Fate, the trailer dropped maybe about a couple weeks ago. And James Cameron has considered this like the true sequel to the second Terminator movie, even though he said that before for Terminator Genesis and nobody wants to remember that movie. Um, you know, it's like how people keep saying, okay, this time it's the end of the world. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, no, exactly. no. Like I was lying last time. It's really the end yeah, of the world this time. The cult of James Cameron. <laughs> uh, this one is directed by uh, Tim Miller, who is of Deadpool fame. Um, he also directed a really good, uh, he's actually like a really good like CGI director. He directed this badass fight scene between, um, what's his name, Deathstroke and Batman and like Arkham, one of the Arkham games, I can't remember. Uh, so this is what he had to say. Uh, apparently a, f- a couple photos had leaked out that there's like a young John Connor. And what's been told is that this guy who's playing the young John Connor, his name is, uh, it escapes me right now, but he's casting as a double. So supposedly they're going to like CGI uh, Eddie Furlong's face, a young Eddie Furlong's face onto the body. And I guess kind of do it from there. Um, so what Jim Cam- James Cameron also had to say about this one, about Dark Fate is, I think the best way to think about Terminator Dark Fate is it to is to think about it as a direct sequel to Terminator 2, the third film in a series, if you will. Uh, he goes on, we'll be continuing this, he will be continuing with Sarah's story, John's story, and the T-800's return, a different T-800 with a different role to play that we've seen before. Oh, a uh, different role that we've seen before. <sighs> I have a bit of a gripe with this. What? What is it? I, for people who don't know, I love the Terminator franchise. Love part one. Part two is a classic. The effects still hold up to this day of the T-1000, uh, T- uh, Jay's Robert Patrick's character. It pisses me off because they've had several startups to these Terminator movies after part two and it's falling flat on its face. Um, Terminator Rise of the Machine was supposed to be the beginning of a new trilogy. No one liked that. That movie's hot garbage. Um, Terminator Salvation with an older John Connor played by Christian Bale. And I forgot the actor who played the ter- that Terminator. Anyway, that was supposed to be beginning of another trilogy. That failed. And then this Genesis one was even worse. Mm. And I, I mean, how many startups can you have before you just say, fuck it? Like, we're just done. Is James Cameron really known for being like, oh, this is a cash cow, let me milk it? Or is he like one of those that just loves cinema and wants to create an original film? Like, do you think he just loves that story and wants to keep trying to write for it? Or is he just trying to make like a quick buck? I think he he truly, truly loves that story because that was his story he wrote the he wrote and directed the first one wrote and directed the second one and unfortunately like lost the rights to it um over the decades and he's coming back as producer so maybe he has some faith in tim miller who's a who's a good director you know from deadpool one and two um but it's just the fact that like he said this is the true sequel yet he said that before with genesis he might have said it before with salvation mm-hmm I'm, that's why I'm just so skeptic to even take his fucking word for it. I'm glad it's rated R, and the trailer kind of looks all right, but I don't I don't know. 
I mean, they, they do keep a lot of misery going on. Yeah, but that sometimes leads to a letdown. Um, that, that is so true, yes. The thing that bothers me about stuff like this mm. is you make an original film. You make a, a, a good, solid sequel to it. Something that... Go something on, that... Um, fans really get into something they seem to really understand and then um then the original creator they just fall flat like like it's like the the original creator of you know whatever whatever it is right and i'm not i don't know film that well so i'm not going to name them off but Mm -hmm. um it's like the original creator forgets what the original what what he what he was trying to say? What he was like trying to whole... say, the message or the tone or whatever equation made that film so great, the creator forgets, and then everything else after is shit because their message has changed or their tone has changed, and it's not the same thing what fans are used to. And it's not, and even if it's different, it's not better yeah. different. It's just more it stuff. doesn't make un- any sense different yeah they they did that for a prime example is ridley scott you know he direct aliens is alien is his baby he directed the first one and he went away james cameron did aliens too great aliens film and james cameron came back and did like prometheus and then he did covenant which are two bad films and it's like he's kind of forgetting the whole thing and it's not like it's something hard that they can do because the Terminator and let's say Alien, for example, they've built like this universe around it in comics and books and uh, shorts. There's this whole universe that they can build upon. The the best example of like a Terminator story was Terminator: The Sarah Connor Chronicles that came out on Fox. I think it was on for like two seasons. Starred Leanna Headey as Sarah Connor. I forgot the kid's name. Played John Connor. Great show, mm-hmm. great cliffhanger for a season uh, season two finale, and then Fox canceled it, and like every episode had a fucking point to it. It was like her trying to like stop from Skynet taking over, but like there was all these factors coming in to like make Skynet happen, and oh, it was so dope. Fucking threw it out the window. Great concept, great story. Threw out the fucking window. Now he's doing Dark Fate. I'm just like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't fucking know. I'm like frustrated because I love the Terminator franchise. And it's shit. It's like if they took the Star Wars franchise and took a shit on it, which they did. Yeah. Hey, but that one came back okay. Yes. Once it was taken out of the creator's hand and done by actual fans. Yeah. Like an actual love for this. Maybe one. that's what Terminator needs. I, it probably does. I don't, I don't know Tim Miller's history on Terminator. I don't know what's his whole take on it and everything. He seems like a guy who would take his time or really want to make a legit thing because he's only really made his name as a, uh, I think, a choreographer, like a stunt choreographer, and then maybe like Deadpool 1, Deadpool 2, and I think that's it. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't really, really established himself other than making like these millions and millions of dollars for Deadpool, but like, hey, go do something else and let's see if you can actually make money off of it. Right. So yeah, that's uh, my take on the whole Terminator. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that one later and we'll let you know. Oh, I'd love to do that one. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Kelsey, what else is going on in the news? Um, so normally we won't talk about anything political. Mm. However, film tends to be political anyway. Um, it looks like um, 
a lot of the major media companies are threatening to pull out of Georgia and other states with anti-abortion or abortion-limiting laws. Yeah. Uh, it's multiple uh, production companies, uh, like CBS. Well, they're, what, they're more threatening. They're threatening. So, so they already passed the law in Georgia, and it's not due to take effect until January 1st of next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the companies are saying that if they... If they enforce the law, uh, they will straight up just pull all of their production out. Yeah, because a lot of and a lot of people who don't know the reason why Georgia is such like a hot hotspot of uh, production companies inside Georgia is because they have a lot of ta- tax incentives. Um, they get tax breaks and tax incentives, and a lot of the money kind of actually goes back to the community and goes into bringing you know business to these areas um i think it actually probably just goes right into the government's pockets because that's a poor state that too (laughs) it still goes back because it still goes back to the whole issue well not to the whole issue but what they're trying to do because you know you fuck with somebody's money you're gonna fuck with their life Mm -hmm. and a lot of people are gonna be pissed off because a lot of jobs are gonna be uh gone uh some of the some of the studios that are threatening to leave is uh, CBS and Showtime, uh, Sony, uh, Warner Media, NBC Universal, Disney, Netflix, uh, AMC, uh, who has The Walking Dead out in Georgia. Uh, they had a comment. It's uh, AMC statement was: If this is highly restrictive legislation goes into effect, we will reevaluate our activity in Georgia. And there are some movies that are already um, movies and shows that are already jumping out of production. Uh, one show, oh, sorry, one movie called Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. It's a uh, kind of like a, oh, it's from the Bridesmaid duo of Christian Wig and Annie Mololo? Mumolo. Mumolo. <laughs> they actually pulled their, for, their filming out of Georgia, completely bounced out. Um, there's a show that's coming from uh, Amazon series, uh, direct, director uh, Reed Moreno of Handmaid, sorry, The Handmaid's Tale. Her show's called The Power. She sure took the production out. So already people are just like, nah, we out. Yeah. <laughs> we ain't doing this shit. Um, CBS and Showtime. Did you, you did you already say anything about what they were doing? Uh, I don't know. What, what, did they, what did they say? So they're saying that creative voices across uh, our industry have expressed strong concern about the recently signed bill in Georgia the ability to attract the best talent is the first step in producing great entertainment content and is always an important consideration in where we film any series. Uh, we are monitoring the legislative and legal developments in Georgia with full expectation that the process and the courts will play out for some time. For now, we will continue to uh, producing our series based there that have production orders for next season. If the law takes effect in Georgia or elsewhere, these may not be viable locations for our future production. Um, one thing that kind of strikes me about this mm-hmm. is um, Melissa Milano. I mean, yes. Melissa Milano. Oh, uh, uh, Alyssa, Alyssa Milano. Milano. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get it right, huh? Uh, um, hey, I, I'm the one who's supposed to be fucking up with these names, not you. So let's, let's <laughs> no, keep, no, let's no, keep... no. I am because I don't know anything. You know, you know English. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? Am I speaking Much. English right now? Yeah, better than me. <laughs> um. She went to the floor 
mm-hmm. of, uh, I don't know if it was the Senate or the House or something. Yeah. But anyway, she's been advocating for this. Um, yeah, she wanted to do like a, what's it called, like a sex strike or something like that. Uh, uh, sex. Yeah, she wanted to do that. I know she mentioned that. I don't want to talk about that because it's stupid. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think at the same time, she also called for people to be serious. And she has, I think she has a production company as well. And she said she would pull out. Yeah, I think she has a show coming out through Netflix uh, called uh, Insatiable uh, that they're shooting in uh, in the state, and she called for a strike in opposition for the abortion bill in Georgia until we get bodily uh, uh, autonomy back. <sighs> I get what she's doing, but she's kind of going. Up, in my opinion, I think she's going, going kind of going about it the wrong way. Like, in what way? Well, she's she's trying to do like a sex strike. Well, that I said I don't want to talk about because it's oh, okay, stupid. Okay. We won't talk about that, yeah. <laughs> but her pulling her production out mm. is something, is a different, probably more effective way. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're fucking on people's money. Yeah. Straight up. So that kind of leads into our question, which is, you know, do we think big corporations like these studio companies um, should be really voicing their opinion on legislative uh doing uh you know occurrences and stuff like that this is like this is a good topic to really take a stand on but at the same time i mean what's the kind of stop this from really i don't know blowing up saying hey we don't like we don't like this traffic law in los angeles so we're gonna pull up production if you don't give us the right traffic law or some shit like that Look, money's very stupid in a lot of ways, but it's not mm. that stupid. Well, no, I'm just, I know that's a really dumb example, but I'm just saying, like, should, like, corporations really have a, should we really have a say in how things are done in, in government? I haven't seen too much protesting mm-hmm. that has really taken root. Yes. Um, in super negative ways, unless it's, like, the KKK. Yeah, you. I, so, like, when it's when it's something that's, it, if it's a powerful type of protesting, it's gonna be for something that means something. Yes, so, absolutely. if they if that happens, mm. then it's gonna be for a good reason. Yeah, I remember that you you told me that um, you were reading the comments in one of these stories. Oh yeah, it was like the dumbest shit. KTLA. Uh, which is our lo- local news station in Los Angeles. Yeah, Channel 5, KTLA. Um, they posted about how Netflix was going to pull out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. And um, I decided, stupid me, <laughs> let's look at the comments yeah. and see what people first, are saying. That was your first mistake. Let me check out the comments and then see the, the troll of the troll <laughs> savage of the savage. Well, I was thinking like, yeah, I'm going to find a bunch of people in there who are like-minded uh-huh. and... They're going to, you know, like, yeah, like, there's a lot of conviction to, like, let's do something right in the world. Nope. Almost (laughs) every single comment Uh was, guess I'm canceling Netflix. Guess I'm canceling Netflix. Yeah, they're saying, I'm canceling Netflix, but I'm going to mooch off my cousin's Netflix. Totally. 
they gonna do that? <laughs> they probably don't even have Netflix to cancel. <laughs> oh, seriously. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. probably are just mooching. Yeah, I'm gonna log off of my brother's Netflix account for this. <laughs> it's so stupid. And it's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Yeah. No, you're not. It's like, no, you're not. You're like who? Like, and and you get you'll get more people who are for this cause than against this cause. And Netflix is like, if you want to go ahead and cancel it, they're going to be like, all right, deuces. Like, we Mm -hmm. already got your money. But now that you have more than just Netflix, and you have, you know, all these other NBC, AMC, Disney doing the same thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, all these idiots that can only watch TV all day, Mm -hmm. that's all they can do. What are they going to do now if they decide, oh, they're not going to cancel? Yeah, uh, and it's like, are you gonna are you gonna protest Disney? You're not gonna watch a Disney film. You're gonna watch a Marvel film. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Up. I'm a protest NBC Universal. You know you're going to watch whatever shows popular at NBC. I don't know. I don't Chicago Med. Yes, you're gonna watch <laughs> Chicago Med. There's like what three of them? Chicago Med. Chicago, Chicago Med. Chicago Fire. Chicago Justice. Chicago PD. That's four. That's four. Wait, wait that, that's a Dick Wolf production, isn't it? I think so. Oh, of course. Dick Wolf. Law and Order. Law and Order SVU. Law and Order Criminal Tent. Law and Order LA. <laughs> Law and Order Crime and Punishment. Law and Order The Real World. Season 2. Oh, <laughs> Law and Order Road Rules. <laughs> Law and Order Jersey Sore. Shore. Sorry. <laughs> Sally C. Socials by the Seashore? Yeah, just let do that. I'm going to get it done tie. <laughs> uh so yeah and uh that's gonna be it for our news section uh quick comment though keep doing your shit uh studio companies and georgia what the fuck's wrong with you do we have any georgia listeners talk to your uh representatives uh, representatives and mm-hmm. demand that you don't lose uh money and your netflix bye <laughs> <laughs> all right so this is where we go right into our try this, not that section. Uh, this, sorry, this segment, uh, it's just pretty much a suggestion segment. We're going to, you know, tell you what we've been watching and then see if you guys like it. And then we're going to tell you one or two things uh, that you should probably be avoiding. Uh, Kelsey, you want to go first? Sure. Mm-hmm. I started watching the show on Netflix called Chambers. Okay. Um, it was, uh, created by Leah Rachel. She doesn't really have almost anything under her belt. Yeah. Um, so I don't really have anything to tell you, like, like what she's, what she's done in the past. Yeah. Um, and the synopsis is a woman survives a heart transplant and begins to develop different personality traits. Now you told me, (laughs) excuse me. You told me about this. Oh, I hate this woman already. She's like a year, she's a year younger than me, and she has her own show. I hate her. I hate her. Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit of envy, envy right there. Uh, okay. So you were t- you were you were talking to me about this show, and normally when you like recommend something, I'm kind of like, ah, oh, maybe I might check it out. It's either I might check it out or I just don't check it out. And you caught me off guard, and you're like, you're gonna sit down and watch it. You know, mm-hmm. as I was like eating a burrito. <laughs> and uh, I totally dug it. I was totally digging on the show. Yeah. Um, I don't think the synopsis really does it any kind of justice. No, it does not. 
Um, there's a couple of points about it that I want to make where it's not really a woman. Mm-hmm. She's a teenager in high school, which I know is a big turnoff for people. I, well, yeah, I do. Wow. Very sexualizing her. She's a woman. <laughs> okay, sorry, go on. Um, and it's actually, it's not like Pretty Little Liars or whatever. It's not like a teen drama or anything like that. It's actually just showing you some, you know, something that could happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I really like about this is that it has great cinematography. Yeah, some of the shots are very stunning. It has a great soundtrack. Yes, I agree, I, I agree with that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some of the acting is a little off, but it really comes across as more of an indie film mm-hmm. as a series as opposed to like something with a huge budget that wants to take itself so seriously. Like It's just like this story that came from someone that you can tell is hungry for creating something different and amazing. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a, a different, uh, show. Um, because it has this whole like supernatural element behind. I've only got like one episode into it, but you, you watched about what four or five episodes Mm -hmm. and it kind of starts. And even like from the first episode, there's kind of like a whole kind of weird, like what the fuck's going on? You know, is there some story behind this heart? They kind of do this whole weird mystery about how the girl died. Yeah, it, it it's definitely not your run of the mill. Um, is it a something supernatural with getting someone else's heart? Mm-hmm. You know, there's like lore out there about that. That's not really what this is about, um, because the character is also at least partly Native American. Um, so there's that kind of lore that comes along with it too. Um, so I don't want to give too much, too much of it away, but it's, uh, very, very interesting. Yeah. One thing I really dug about this show is how the girl, um, her name, the girl, her name is, uh, sorry, Sasha in the show. And she's played by, uh, Sivian. Sivan Alira Rose. Alira Rose. Um, she's from like a poor neighborhood. Um, her, like in Arizona, she's in the desert. Yeah. Her uncle. And it's like, it's like in these, it's like in these desert towns where the population is like 200 or some shit like that. And there's a mile between each house, or, you know, something mm-hmm. like in that area. And her uncle, um, I didn't, I didn't get this from him, but I don't know if he, he owns a fish shop or something like that. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He owns it, but like, they, like they're barely getting by. And she gets this heart transplant, and like the heart belongs to like this super wealthy girl, and it's like I say, it's this kind of weird thing that's just kind of stewing along, and how it affects her life, um, mentally, somewhat physically, and almost supernaturally. Mm-hmm. But it's not like that stupid like teenage angst stuff. Like, no, and you know. and she's uh she's she comes across very genuinely, like she's um. She gets excited at appropriate parts, but she definitely has that like sort of sarcastic, like whatever, I don't care about anything because I'm a teenager kind of like she's really cool and chill. So it's yeah, not it was- really like, oh, I'm in love with this person and over dramatic or anything. It's just very like she's just trying to figure shit out. Yeah, she she actually reminded me of a, a girl that I, 
<clears throat> well, she looks like a girl that I used to date in high school, but her attitude and mentality kind of reminds me of girls I used to just kind of chill hang out with um, back in my old days in high school. You know? <laughs> when you used to walk uphill one mile each day? In the snow, barefoot, fighting tigers. Mm. Yes. Fighting tigers. Yes, and bears. Tigers in the morning, bears in the evening. And lions, oh my. Uh, that was in summer. Oh my. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh my! I don't. I don't get that reference. The Wizard of Oz. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, let me just go ahead and welcome you to uh, one movie I've never seen. <laughs> you had to have at least heard that reference. Nope. You know. I don't. I don't. The only thing of Al. I'm about to say Alice in Wonderland. The only thing of Wizard of Oz I really can think of is red shoes, legs curling up. Yellow Brick Road, and a midget dying in the in the background. <laughs> Sounds appropriate. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> so, would you? Oh, where, where can you find? Uh, where can you find the show? Netflix. Netflix. So you recommend this, correct? Yes. All right. Watch this shit, yo. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> I bit my cheek when I said yo, yo. See, that was your body. That was your body punishing you. We said yo, your body was like no. <laughs> All right. So for my try, this is uh, Succession. Uh, I'm a bit late on this show. About a year late. Came out last year. Uh, it's created by uh, Jesse Armstrong. Uh, he is the creator of these really funny kind of British uh, political shows called like The Thick of It and. Oh, I can't remember the movie that he did. That might be the movie. I can't. I'm thinking of the TV show. Uh, he was a writer for Black Mirror for the his uh, for the segment uh, History Review, and the synopsis is: uh, <clears throat> Succession follows a dysfunctional American global media family. Uh, stars Brian Clo- sorry Brian Cox, uh, Jeremy Strong, Haim Abbas, Carrion uh, Culkin. That is Macaulay Culkin's brother. The guy who played uh, the gay friend from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And Alan Rook. Uh, Alan Rook was Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Days Off. I just got to point that out. <laughs> I just love that guy. This show is fucking awesome. I, I just finished the season today. This show is fucking awesome. It's like, it's like when a... Like a media, like a media family. That I mean, like the father owns, like let's say, like the equivalent of like Fox News, and he has these kids, and he on his birthday he, I mean, they, they show us in the trailer or in the promos for it, but he ends up having like a heart attack or like a seizure or something like that. He's incapacitated. Um, and before that, his son was supposed to take his position as like CEO. And the father was supposed to retire. That ended up not happening. The father was like, no, I'm going to be here for like five years. Like, fuck your shit. And there's like this inner turmoil between like the brother, uh, between the three sons. Um, Karen Culkin, he's hilarious because he's like the drug addict, like funny, like, oh, I'm going to be like sadistic as shit, brother. And the sister, she's dope because... Um, She's very, like, political savvy. She's, like, not even really in the family business, but she finds herself back into it. And it's, like, the oldest son who's trying to take over the corporation from the father, and he's, like, trying to make all these deals and stuff like that. 
and it gets dramatic as shit. But there's also like a huge sense of comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the executive producers is uh, Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. Oh, okay. The guys behind um, like Anchorman and like mm-hmm. Talladega Nights and stuff like that. So there's a lot of parts where I burst out laughing. It was so fucking funny. And there are parts where it's like it knows when to be dramatic. It knows to keep your suspense going. And then after uh, watching the last episode of the season, oh, I cannot wait for the second season. Uh, one of the things that really attracted me to this show is this whole story that's going on with Viacom. Uh, the owner of Viacom, whose name is Sumner Redstone, he's it's rumored that he's incapacitated to run the corporation. So his kids are trying to take over. But his wife... It's like no, he's he's fully he's fully able, but like there's like this whole control, of this whole battle for control of Viacom. Viacom owns all these like studios and shit like this, and all these uh, production companies and these properties. So like there's like this dirty dealing like backstabbing going on within the family. So it's like I'm watching the shit that's happening in real life like on TV, mm. and it's so fucking good. <laughs> highly, highly recommend this show. Mm. It's great shit. I haven't seen it, so I can't speak oh. to it. I've I've wanted to watch it, but yeah. you know, there have been a couple of times where like I've been over here, and I started watching it, and you walked in. I'm like, I'm gonna turn it off because I want her to watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a little disorienting at the beginning because you have to like get familiarized with everybody's name, but by the end of the episode, you're like, okay, I know who, who, who like that. Who? Who? That's how, <laughs> that's that's my promo for Succession. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's going to be my try this. Uh, but Kelsey and I have a try this that we want to talk about. Um, what is that? It's called When They See Us. Um, it is a far, uh, far. <laughs> far. Oh, it's a far part. It's a far cry <laughs> TV show. It's a four part <laughs> miniseries on Netflix. Yeah. Um, it is directed by Ava... DuVernay. Avery DuVernay, who directed uh, Selma. Um, what was that sh- movie she did? That sci-fi movie had Oprah in it. You're asking the wrong person. I know, right? Uh, Wrinkle in Time? Wrinkle in Time. Ex- yeah. I know I'm supposed to be the movie expert. <laughs> <laughs> um, it follows the Central Park Five, right? Yeah, the Central Park. Sorry, the Central Park Five. Um. I guess I'm going to bury the lead and say that after I watched it, mm-hmm. I was wrecked. Yeah. For those, uh, just give, give you guys a bit of an insight. For those who don't um, know the Central Park Five, uh, it was a story of these five kids, uh, black and Puerto Rican, and they were put on trial for uh, raping, for gang raping and beating a woman near to death out in Central Park in New York. And... There's actually a documentary on this called The Central Park Five. <clears throat> and when this happened, it started like a media storm. People were already making their decisions saying these boys are guilty without even like, without even like really even going to trial before they went to trial. There was all this evidence that proved them innocent. They couldn't, there was no evidence proving their guilt. The time frame was all off, all this shit. Donald Trump, <clears throat> that piece of shit even took a page out in like the New York Post and like demanded that they bring back the death penalty to put these kids down. Mm. This happened like in the 80s, the mid to late 80s. Yeah. And that's our president. Yeah. He's your president. 
Fuck that. He's not my president. <laughs> Fuck. 45, as he's commonly known as. Uh, and then, like, I don't know, what, like, what, 15 years later, 20 years later, um, they were proven innocent. They were exonerated. Um, there was actually a confession from the actual rapist. And they had to do DNA testing to prove these guys innocent, even though there was little to no evidence that was proven them of their guilt from the get from the get go, and it was like a an abuse of power and justice and everything like that. It was totally fucked up. Mm. So we saw this. We were watching the show together, and I already knew the end of the episode was gonna be fucking pissed. Like I just wanted us to start punching people. You were pissed the whole time. Like yes. I would watch you, and you're just like balling up your fists and like, like. Like put my grunting, hands in there. Yeah. like oh, yeah, like, like fucking come on, are you fucking serious? Or like kicking your feet and throwing your head back, like fuck. Yeah, right. And you saw at the end of at the end of the show, I saw you. You were like in tears. You're like holy shit. Yeah, and you've actually probably not really seen me like that after a show or a movie. Yeah, I've seen I've seen certain things like affect you, and it kind of you've kind of gone quiet, or you're like, I need to stew over this and really contemplate what I just saw. But no, you were just like destroyed. I was afraid to like put on a second episode. <laughs> I was like, let's watch something happy. I'm afraid to watch the second episode. <sighs> yeah, we're. I mean, like, I know that it's good to watch things like that, mm-hmm. but you know, you guys don't know me very well. I don't handle emotional things very well sometimes. So I try to stay away from them because I know that I can't function as, you know, a person or a single parent or anything if yeah. if I don't try my best to stay away from it. Yeah, that's a true sign of a movie lover. Like if the if that's a sign of a good of a true movie lover or a, a true what? entertainment lover mm. and a good story that just like punches you right in the gut. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's about four episodes. We recommend that you guys watch it, uh, but prepare to like either get pissed or get a tissue box for them tears. Um, I will say that the the people um, who play the the kids oh, phenomenal. They were great. Like fucking phenomenal. They came across as very genuine. They were. They looked bewildered. Like kids who were not very educated because they don't have experience in life. Uh, and then all of a sudden they're being told that they did these things that they didn't know yeah. anything about. Yeah. And they're being bargained with to tell these lies. And they yeah, think that yeah, like these that. lies are going to help them get out of it. Like, and their families, like I almost did the thing that one of the things that white people are known for is why didn't they just do this instead? <laughs> and I had to stop myself because I'm like, those parents are just hardworking parents that they probably didn't get super educated or they've been oppressed and they kind of know how, how um, police, the Fuck police work are. and, you know, if you just agree with them, you can kind of get out of it. Yeah, there's even like a, a particular scene where there's uh, a father of one of the kids. 
he, he like takes one of the cops aside and said, this is my boy. I know him. He would never do anything like this. Like, you don't understand. And this cop is like, oh, so you're this guy. You work here, right? What do you think your boss is going to do when he finds out that, you know, you have a past, you have you a know. record and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it changes the father's mentality where he's like, just say that you did it, boy, because, you know, they're going to. I remember one thing he said was they're going to they're going to fuck with us. They're going to fucking kill us. Like, that's some hard shit that the father's like, you have to take a You have to take a bullet for this crime you didn't commit because you will die either way. Yeah. Which is or or maybe like you could tell that father really cares about his son but maybe his mentality is i have other family besides you yeah i have other people to take care of like besides your mom i have you know brothers sisters cousins and everything like that who are depending on me on this job yeah you know you gotta take the bullet i'm sorry (laughs) exactly um but on a lighter note about that particular topic uh the lead prosecutor linda fairstein Fairstein, sorry. Uh, she is, after leaving the sex crime unit uh, from New York, she became a very success, successful um, like mystery writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wrote a series of books and everything. This woman is getting destroyed right now because after this show, a lot of uh, people, a lot of viewers are calling for all these um, publishing companies that have her book uh, for sale, they're calling to have her boycott because she was one of the people who really pushed the Central Park Five to go to jail. She was one of the lead prosecutors, and she's made this money from these books and everything. And she's never even, even after the actual uh, perpetrator of the crime admitted to it. His name was Mattis Rias, who confessed in two thousand and two. Um, and DNA testing that proved these kids innocent, she's still like, no, nah, they're guilty. They're still guilty. She's never like recanted or you know changed her mind or anything on the subject. I think it's not enough to just boycott her books. Mm-hmm. Like, you think that you think she should? She needs to go to jail. <laughs> yes. Like, okay, it's different. It's different than not letting someone into their apartment complex because you think that they don't belong there. Yeah, that's absolutely true. You know, and that keeps happening and that shit needs to stop. But there's something that's different than this woman ruined these five kids' lives. Like, she took their prime years away. The years where they would fall in love with somebody or have a family or decide what kind of person they were going to be. Um, if they were going to go to school or if they were going to, you know, be follow the same path as their parents and just work really hard and try to make a living for themselves. Like she took all of that shit away from them. (sighs) She needs to go to jail for the rest of her (laughs) life. Yeah. At least for the duration of, I don't know what, 14 years, at least, you know, I don't want to say eye for an eye, but come on. No, no. Like. Her, the rest of her life because that whatever however many years that is times five. Oh, but then don't. not just that but like you fucked up the years that they had in jail and then you also fucked up the rest of their lives because they have to reacclimate to technology oh. they have to reacclimate to society 
to cultural norms. They gotta find. They a have job. to unlearn shit that they learned in jail. Yeah, they gotta. And like the psychological, the psychological damage is there. How do you tell someone who's been told they're a liar their whole lives that all of a sudden they're not a liar? They're yeah. gonna believe for the rest of their lives that there's something wrong with them. Yeah, and that um, that goes to the level of paranoia. There was a story a friend had told me um, that he was at a party and there was a guy that was there. I guess he was a relative or something like that or somebody he kind of knew. But he approached this guy because this guy was like always standing up against a wall. Just always, you know, people were just dancing, having a conversation, and he would just never leave his back from the wall. And the, my friend approached him and said, like, why do you, like, why do you keep standing by the wall, man? Like, it's okay. Everything's all right. And he said he had been in jail for so long that he had grown accustomed to just standing behind a wall because, you know, he knew nobody was going to stab him in the back or jump him mm. or anything like that. So he would just like, nah, man, I'm, I'm good right here by the, behind the wall. Yeah. So that's, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's at that level with those guys, but holy shit, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't know. Probably people can experience this in their own lives, whether they've been to jail or not. Because I remember how many times, you know, I grew up for part of my life in a trailer park. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't go over this person's house because you don't know what this person's going to say about you because, you know, you're 13. Even though you're bringing your brothers over there and playing video games or whatever, uh, yeah. you don't know what the trailer park drunk is going to say about you. And so, like, you get told these things so many times that uh, it's like, you know, you start to feel like, okay, I can't do anything because yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna up. either be a liar when I'm not, or I'm gonna, gonna have be, it's, yeah, it's gonna be my fault in some form, right? So that's for our try this portion of the try this try that. Oh, sorry, try this not that. Um, and for the not that, <laughs> we're gonna give you a two for one. Two for one. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to talk about Godzilla, King of the Monsters. What we are witnessing here is the return of Titans. How many of these things are there? Seventeen and counting. That's messed up. Oh my. They're moving like a pack. They're hunting. They all respond directly to an alpha. We stop this Ghidorah. We stop them all. All right. So that is the trailer for Godzilla King of the Monsters. Uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters released this year. It is, uh, the synopsis is the cryptozoology. Cryptozoological. Zoological agency Monarch faces off against a battery of god sized monsters, including the mighty Rar Godzilla, who collides with Mothra, Rodan, and his ultimate nemesis, the three headed Ghidorah. Uh, <laughs> Even the synopsis gets it wrong. Monarch faces off against a battery of god sized monsters. I mean, do you maybe mean Titans? Can we not? Oh, can we yeah. just not say Titans? I, c- come on. I, I don't know. Maybe they think you're stupid. Probably. They're really Titans. Like You're not stupid, though. Don't fall for it. No, you're not. You're smart. You're listening to us. You're smart. Yes. Uh, the director is by, sorry, the film is directed by Michael uh, DeGuardi? 
Gertie. Doherty. Doherty. Duh. Sorry, Doherty. And stars Kyle Chandler, Vera Farmiga. Farmiga? Farmiga. Mm-hmm. Farmiga. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> I like saying that. Uh, Ken Watanabe and a few other folks. Watanabe. No, it's Ken Watanabe. There's a T in there, though. Yeah, Ken Watanabe. It's not Watanabe. It's Ken Watanabe. That's what, that's what I've been hearing for Oh, years. Watanabe? Yeah, Watanabe. Oh, you're, it sounds like you're saying the T like an N. Oh, like Watanabe? Yeah, that's what it sounds like you're saying. That's why I was like, Watanabe. <laughs> no, it's Ken Watanabe. Watanabe. <laughs> what do you want to be? Tell us. Email us. Uh, actually, before we get into the review, if you do want to email us, you can email us at TheRealAppeal, that's real, two E's, no A, at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or hit us up there at AppealReal, once again, two E's, no A, or Facebook page, Real Appeal. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> real Appeal. Real Appeal. Um, the two E's, no A, is for real. There yeah. is an A in Appeal. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we go into spoilers. Oh, man. Let's talk about this movie. Let's just get some general ideas. And Do we have to? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you know I hate a movie. You know I hate a movie. Mm. When I get this burning pit in my stomach. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's not the only time I've ever had it. Uh, had it for another movie that we'll talk about at a later date. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, I know what that movie you're talking about. (laughs) Oh, that's going to be such a gem. (laughs) Okay, sorry, go on, go on, go on. Oh, I like... uh, Lights Out was one, too, that irritated me this bad. That movie's garbage. Um, There was absolutely no point to almost any of it. Oh, for Godzilla, King of the Monsters? Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... I, I was stoked to see this movie. I, I enjoyed the first Godzilla, the 2014 one, directed by uh, Garth Edwards. I was digging on it. I liked the design of of Godzilla. So I was kind of skeptical if I actually even really liked this. The, the trailer is really beautiful. I really like it. The trailer them. is great. And so I have an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old daughter. Um, and we saw the trailer at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I want to see this. And I'm like, really? Because, you know, you guys want to watch My Little Pony all the fucking time. And I'm tired <laughs> of watching that shit. And, like, and they, don't, they just didn't seem to really want to grow up into anything else. So when they wanted to watch Godzilla, I'm like, oh, my God. And it looks great. And I want to watch it. And I was going to take them to go see it. And now I'm just kind of like... You'll just wait for it. I'm going to rent it for you guys, and <laughs> I'm going to go take a nap. Damn, Barry, the lead on that one. Shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I second that motion. Um, there's a lot of problems with the film. Um, kind of going back to what I, what I was saying earlier about the, the whole Godzilla thing. I have this whole nostalgia love for Godzilla and those monsters. So to see him now, I was like, this is going to be totally awesome. And, you know, it's gearing up for, like, the inevitable, uh, like, Godzilla versus King Kong or King Kong versus Godzilla. It's one of the titles. But it's, it's going to happen. Um, but I found myself looking at my watch most of the time, rolling my eyes, being like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, I started actually doing this thing where 
I started laughing at really inappropriate parts <laughs> because the film was actually taking itself seriously and they weren't supposed to be funny. Yeah. Um, like you laugh at the parts that were serious and you didn't laugh at the parts that were funny. Yeah, because their serious parts were laughable and then their funny parts were fucking corny and stupid. <laughs> yeah, it was... Oh, man. It was, it was we I did not I, I enjoyed it. I only enjoyed it for a little bit for like some of the shots that were really fucking great to look at. Other than that, it I could have like I don't know, I probably could have went on without watching it. But I we had a screener and we're like, fuck it, let's go watch this movie. Let's go check it out. It looks interesting. It looked good. You were gun ho to watch it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, maybe about maybe thirty minutes, thirty, forty minutes into it, we're just like, oh, fuck, we're gonna do this. this I gotta I was so Let's talk about the actors who are in it. Okay. And without going into spoilers. Without going into spoilers. Mm. I got so distracted by the fact that I knew, I knew every, but almost everybody. I was like, I know this person from here. And you know, there's bloodline. I started actually naming them because I got so sarcastic with uh-huh. the, sh- the movie uh-huh. that I was like, Okay, so now Bloodline's doing this. <laughs> you know, like you didn't even know. Stranger Things is doing this. You didn't even call them by their names. They're just like <laughs> you gave them their, the titles of the stuff they're most recently known for. No, not even most recently. Uh, Vera Farmiga, she got The Departed. Oh yeah, something that you're really familiar that's, with. That's that's a movie that I fell in love with her for, and now I don't know why I loved her. <laughs> yeah, her. Uh, Oh, her, her, God, her acting was bad. She looked like she was like rolling her eyes. Like, I really have to say this lines. Fuck me. Why did I sign up for this? Oh, money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You, you could tell it was like, she was turned off. Um, by most of it. Yeah. And then Kyle Chandler was like overselling it. It was like, he was, he was rough. It was just like a continuation of bloodline because he was just angry. I'm yeah. just kind of like losing his damn mind. Yeah, and misdirected anger and shit. Like, damn, dude, kick back. Yeah. And then Millie Bobby Brown, her role, I guess, was kind of similar to Eleven, but a little more relatable because she was an actual child in this mm-hmm. instead of like an experiment. Yeah. Instead of like just being the silent person, she was like, well, granted, she doesn't have a whole lot of dialogue in the movie. She was, she still had, she... She tried to sell the shit out of her, out of this role and out of the movie. And like she, she did tried. a great job too. Yeah, that's like the that's like one of the saving graces. The one of the saving graces of this film, it's her acting. Mm-hmm. Um, you have anything to talk about before we jump right into spoilers? Uh, I think maybe leading into spoilers, I'm not going to give it away just yet before you do your spoiler theme song. But I'll say that parts of the plot are a huge cop out. <laughs> yeah. like an easy writing to try to move the plot along as opposed Definitely. to coming up with something original that people could really get behind. All right. We're going to get into that right now, but uh, anybody who doesn't want to be spoiled, um, we're going to go ahead and give you a spoiler bumper. Spoilers, spoilers. I'm bobbing my head to sing the spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Eat some soap. Burn popcorn in your eyeballs. And these are spoilers. 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 
spoilers. <laughs> I think I'm just going to start saying like spoiler lines from like movies or some shit like that, like big reveals. And I'll be like, this is a spoiler second. And just start reading them off. <laughs> I am your father. <laughs> yeah, I am your father. Uh, so then green is people. <laughs> stuff like that. Okay. I see dead people. I see dead people. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, so. Now we're in the spoilers. Let's go ahead and rip this shit apart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what was your biggest problem with the movie? Uh, I don't think that the mother and father really had a place in this film. No. That, that turmoil between them two belonged on a fucking Springer episode. Not even. It wasn't even that interesting. Oh, that's true. It was a family that lost a child... Her brother, like yeah. Millie Bobby Brown's brother in the movie. Yeah. And so she wanted to save the world. The mother did. And the father turned to drinking and they got divorced. And apparently Millie Bobby Brown went to go live with her mother. And yeah, because she was the quote unquote sane parent. Yeah. She decides to build the device that allows them to maybe control the Titans, you know, with different signals that they use. Yeah. Which is something that her and her ex-husband had built together and then they destroyed. Yeah, it was called uh, it was called the MacGuffin. I mean, the Orca, but it's a MacGuffin. <laughs> it's MacGuffin as fuck. Yeah. Um, and Millie Bobby Brown's character can't seem to decide whether she wants to side with her mother or her father because when you first see them... It's like she's taking care of her mother. She cooks her breakfast. She's emailing her father like, oh, I'm starting to worry about my mom. And then she totally falls hook, line and sinker for this idea that Godzilla needs to come out because not only Godzilla, not Godzilla, just, you know, Ghidorah, like yeah, they all they need to come out, all of them to reset the world because, you know, humans have destroyed Earth as it should be. Yeah. And it's like, come on. Yeah. It, Can her, you do something fucking original, please? Yeah, her logic was so stupid. It was like, these Titans will, like, destroy our land, but guess what? Our land will flourish. Not... Okay, Thanos. Yeah. Ignoring the fact... And you pointed this out, and I was just cracking up when you said this. Ignoring the fact that these Titans are filled with radiation, and this radiation <laughs> would, like, destroy the land and, like, make it unlivable for, like hundreds of years what or some it? shit i like to read sometimes what i wrote <laughs> <laughs> i wrote radiation levels question mark yeah question mark exactly um because i think the first time was when she mentioned about the radiation so i'm like okay no yeah. no 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 they were in the lab mm -hmm. with mothra mm -hmm. that wasn't born yet and yeah. the radiation levels were rising <gasps> that's right and, and, they, and they weren't wearing a suit or anything well originally the scientists were wearing suits and then the mother and the daughter go in there to try to calm mothra down after she's born or she hatches or whatever yeah she's like a she came out of her cocoon she's just like a larva now so she with the radiation's got to go somewhere <laughs> they come out and they're not even in suits or anything and they're just there and mothra is like breathing on them and all kinds of shit and you're just like okay i guess radiation's not a thing <laughs> and then um 
then I wrote down later on, it was like, radiation kills dot 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 with a question mark because um that's when they were talking about the titans resetting the earth you know with their radiation and all of that okay yeah she like at the beginning she um vera vera farmiga vera farmiga let's just call it departed lady departed i call her departed yeah departed um is like kidnapped by this eco terrorist group uh, headed by Tywin Lannister of Game of Thrones fame. Uh, g- great thespian actor, um, Golden Child villain. That's another great movie. Um, <clears throat> they're kidnapped by this eco terrorist, and then like Monarch has to like get Kyle Chandler's character, who's you know Bloodline guy. <laughs> just call him Bloodline. Bloodline, and. They have to find this the device that controls them, and it's later revealed that uh, Departed uh, has been working with the eco terrorists. And the way how they reveal it is so stupid, because <laughs> she like gets on a video chat with uh, Mon- the Monarch group with Bloodline guy, and she's like, "This, this, and this," and then she does a PowerPoint presentation. Oh all yeah, these videos. <laughs> it's so stupid. Like this PowerPoint presentation, and then like with all these videos, right? So yeah. it's like she's talking, and then it just pops up. Like, so here's you know what the land looks like, and what it could look like, and what it's looking like now, and what it's gonna look like if we don't fix things. And it's like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm not in school anymore. I don't. I know what can happen to the earth. Yeah, and then, like, they're arguing back and forth, and I'm surprised nobody was like, hey, yo, can you handle your marital problems, like, later? Yeah. These (laughs) these titans are, like, destroying everything right now. No, they're all just sitting there listening, like, "Hmm, yeah, okay. Yeah, even even Godzilla, Rodan, and Mothra are just like, hmm, hmm. (laughs) There's probably the audience, you know, Ghidorah's, you know, is sharing popcorn with the three heads and shit like that. Mm. It It was ridiculous. And... One of, one of my biggest issues with the movie is the direction. And it, it kind of hurts me because, like, the guy who directed it, he's directed Trick or Treat. It's a great, like, indie horror film. And he got this big budget film, this big budget deal to do this Godzilla movie. And the, one of the biggest problems is, like, they'll, excuse me, they'll show the monsters fighting, the Titans fighting, or, like, about to start fighting, and then it'll cut away to, like, what the humans are doing. Because the humans just have to be around the same area. Mm-hmm. Or there's people evacuating the city. And then while they're running, you just see like Godzilla flying across the screen. Like, wait, what Where happened? is he going? What's he coming from? Yeah. Who, who, is he did hurt? Did he punch him? Did he blast him? Like, also. Oh, At least he's not throwing rocks. Uh, oh, we'll get into that later, <laughs> too. Uh, but yeah, like that happens. And then <clears throat> anytime where they really are on the monsters, they do these really like shaky cam close-ups that's like paul greengrass level it's so fucking annoying there are many times where the camera actually does like an extreme wide shot and you see godzilla you'll see rodan you'll see um Ghidorah. beautiful beautiful shot of like all the monsters there's like this beautiful shot of like Ghidorah on top of a mountain and there's like a cross like right there in view and it's a great shot but those are few and far between other than that, it's shaky camp and it's bullshit. It annoyed the living fuck out of me. Mm-hmm. So you get through the shaky cam and then you get to the part where radiation actually is a problem, finally. 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, that radiation plot. So, <laughs> so they finally realize, you know, they went after the wrong Titan. Yeah, they wanted, like... They the mil- used this one weapon that was under research that they haven't yeah, even called, really used. It's called, like, the oxygen-depleted rocket. That's actually in, like, Godzilla lore. That's actually, like, a, a really... That's, like, one of the weapons they used to destroy it, but go on. Yeah. So they drop it into the ocean. No, they blast it, and it, like, fires away. Godzilla and Ghidorah are, like, going at it. Godzilla's- yeah, but they're down in the ocean, though. Yeah, it hits them, like, in the ocean. Yeah, absolutely. And, um... Of course, you hear Godzilla. They they have an EKG hooked up to him, apparently, because they can hear his heartbeat, even though there's nothing hooked up to him. But, you know. I think they were going by the, I guess, sound waves? <laughs> and it's kind of dumb, and it's yeah. so clear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you could hear, and they're like, oh, my God, his heartbeat's so slow. And then, you know, it flatlines, and they're like, he's dead. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, he's dead. Ghidorah survives. Then they realize, oh shit, Ghidorah is like a fucking tyrant. And Godzilla was the only one who had any chance of defeating defeating him. him. Yeah, and like um, the the plot kind of detours because they need to they find they need to find Godzilla because they can't find his body. They realize that he's like. In this underground area, almost close to the center of the earth or some stuff, where there's like a fuck ton of radiation. And Godzilla goes down there to kind of like revitalize his body to like let this lava fill on him or some shit. But it's it's gonna take like 20 years to like for him to get his energy back. So Ken Watanabe. Oh my god. Wait, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, the lava was Are you are you telling me? <laughs> I'm listening. I'm waiting for this question. That one nuclear warhead created by man has enough radiation in it to bring Godzilla back. Well, hold on. As opposed to going into the earth where radiation comes from. I guess because it was like leaking. It wasn't coming out fast enough. I like how your eyes is like up. Like explain this to me, Mark. Explain this (laughs) stupid plot. So they, they so what they decided to do is because they decided to do is they take a nuke down there. Wait, wait, wait. Go on. Can oh what whatever his last name is before he he sacrifices himself, right? <clears throat> so stupid. Go on. He gives his scientific oh, no, journal. No, no. Let's let's not go there yet. Let's not go there yet. Because okay. that happens after. Okay. So it doesn't happen after because he before? dies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Okay. So, Ken Watanabe, who was in the first Godzilla film, the dude's a great actor. I've been following that dude's career for years. The dude's had a phenomenal... I think he, he was nominated for an Oscar for Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. He was in Detective Pikachu. He was in Detective Pikachu. Yes. We read that a couple weeks ago. Uh, so, he's like... They, they have to deliver this new to Godzilla, but they can't take a drone there. I don't. They don't really explain why. Uh, and Ken Watanabe's like, I will go down there and deliver this nuke and detonate it because a remote. A, a, they can't have a timer for more than thirty seconds. I guess some shit. Um, he takes the nuke down there, gives it to Godzilla, pretty much puts the nuke right in Godzilla's face, and he's not going to survive because the radiation levels are so high. And the nuke goes off. He's dead, but Godzilla. 
as the quote, um, one of the actors, he says, Godzilla is juiced. Godzilla gets like superpower and is like, I'm back, bitch. And then like goes in to fight Ghidorah with the aid of Mothra, who's now uh, turned into a actual butterfly. Mm-hmm. And comes oh, like a moth. The, a moth, yeah, a moth. Yeah, she turns into this beautiful moth. Uh, she takes on, Mothra takes on Rodan. Because Rodan got bitch slapped by Ghidorah and became his little like lackey and shit like that. And at the same time, still family drama going on. And all this bullshit. <laughs> Did not give a fuck about those people. No. <laughs> no. We still have to talk about who got the fucking scientific journal. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ken Watanabe has like these uh, two assistants that like, well, one is like his equal. One is like his assistant. And he had this journal. Uh, of like all his findings from all the titans and everything all this knowledge and like the reason why he loves them exactly for some reason he gives it to kyle chandler who at the beginning of the movie wanted to kill godzilla and is like here why did he give it to him it was so stupid why didn't he give it to someone who actually was like knew him really well and loved him yeah i mean they knew each other like in a past life basically yeah and like i mean they Given to Kyle Chandler kind of like softens it because when he gives it to him, Kyle Chandler's like, oh, we can use this. But if he gave it to somebody closer to him, they would fully appreciate it. Like, thank you, sir. Like, I, you know, I love this stuff. You know, all this guy. No, give it to Kyle Chandler. Let's not make him this death worthless. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, fuck this movie. Oh, so, uh, you know, when that nuclear warhead that man created, thereby making God, you know, Humans and gods are interchangeable in this story. Um, when they brought Godzilla back mm. and Godzilla came, appeared for the first time after he was alive again. Yeah. What happened? I don't know. What's my favorite saying that made me crack up? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they see him and they go, Whoa. oh my God. Zilla. <laughs> <laughs> You were laughing so hard at that. I think the people in front of us were like, damn. And I, it was funny because it wasn't funny. It was so stupid. Like, what the fuck am I watching? You're watching Godzilla. God the monsters. damn. Um, yeah, Ghidorah and, Ghidorah and Godzilla fight. Rodan and Mothra fight. Mothra dies. <sighs> Thankfully... Uh, Departed dies. She dies. She dies so stupid as way too. She like makes Ghidorah chase after her while the others try to get away, and she like says something. Oh, and these filled with quotes, stupid quotes. Like uh, when she's about to die, like the music's like revving up and everything. All the sound, Ghidorah's coming out, da, 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 all that shit, and then silence, and the hear say, "Long live the king." <laughs> and she dies. <laughs> so stupid. I hate this fucking movie. That was bad. Um, One thing, another thing that really annoyed the shit out of me is some of like the nods they did to the classic films, um, like the fact that uh, Ghidorah is when he first came to Earth. Well, Ghidorah's an alien. He's not like a typical Titan, and uh, they explain that. But it's so dumb how they go about it. Like, oh, this weapon didn't affect him. She must be an alien. Uh, Ghidorah must be an alien. Oh, and then yeah. We're all, and then we're done. Like that. They don't <laughs> explore. Wait, wait. Aliens? They exist? What? 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 
you know, they want to kill us? Nothing. No. And we're gone. And then uh, the explanation for uh, for people who for people who don't know, Mafa is essentially con- controlled or called upon by these two twins, these two uh, Chinese twins, I think they are. Um, they go around that by saying that one of the scientists is like related. His mother is a twin, and she comes from a family of twins. And I was like, oh, it's a not that's stupid. <laughs> um. Remember when the submarine gets blasted out of the water? Ah, uh, yes. Why did it get blasted out of the water again? Because the nuke, the nuke went off, and it like essentially it like rocket shit them out of six hundred miles from the bottom of the ocean to the surface, like thirty <laughs> okay. seconds flat. That was stupid in and of itself. <laughs> but the thing that bothered me, uh-huh. I wrote down. I'm pretty sure if the submarine came out that quickly the blast would make it not safe for everyone to leave. Like they left, they got out of the submarine yeah. in the middle of the water mm-hmm. after there was a radiation blast. And don't they have, again, don't they have, isn't that submarine, uh, pressurized? Like they have to like, like, uh, yeah, submarines are p- pressurized, but you can't like the, if they go out there fa- that fast, like their blood vessels pop, right? Or something. Well, shit? it's not people. They're not, I don't know if they're going to get the bends because I think you're in the water. Like when you get that, mm-hmm. But the submarine itself, could you imagine the weight of the water that it's trying? Like, like when you're walking, you're walking. But if you try to walk through water, you have a lot of resistance. Oh, yeah. So if the submarine is going to come against all this water that fast, it's just going to crumple up like a soda can. Yeah, it would just like start falling apart as because it's, it's like essentially being like catapulted through like brick walls, like piece yeah. by piece. Oh, wow. Didn't even think about that. Stupid. <laughs> um. But no, the, no, 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 no. Remember oh. when you said uh-huh. you just said it um, about Godzilla's juiced? Yeah. No, no, no. It was who was that guy? That stupid ass guy that's in this film that I can't like. The scientist. The yeah. great, great, the gray-haired hair. one. Um, his name is uh, Bradley Whitford. Uh, he's from um, his most recent film that I can think of is from Get Out. He played the father from Get Out. Mm. He actually had said. Sirazawa's got that lizard juice. <laughs> stupid quotes, stupid lines, like fucking shit, man. Man, fuck this movie. <laughs> so, Millie Bobby Brown. Mm. Oh yeah, we gotta we gotta go into detail about her. She ends up being like the hero of the film because. Mm. She kind of finds her own place. She understands where her father's coming from. She understands that her mother's actually pretty crazy. Yeah. She finally sees a clear path. This is what has to be done. This is the right thing to do. So she's pissed off at her mother because her mother's making really bad choices. I forget what choice she made that time because she's made so many bad choices yeah she steals the orca and runs to fenway park yes so that she can use their speakers and broadcast the the signal that will um that will attract eudora yeah that'll attract eudora and of course, it goes kind of badly, like it needed to happen, but she knew it was dangerous, whatever. She ends up having to run. Mm-hmm. 
she goes home like where her and her dad and her mom used to live all together and what is the first thing i notice and i don't know if anyone else would really catch it the way i did but the door was unlocked yeah she runs through her house and just like boop i mean yeah she just runs through the door yeah she doesn't break a window or anything like that and it's really it, it it's like one of those plot details that it's just really ridiculous yeah um and then of course you start seeing you know the fight between the titans at the end mm. And it starts off real shitty because you still have way too much human interaction in it. And then it becomes beautiful for like 20 seconds at the end. Yeah. Well, I won't say that. At least we got like a good five minute fight. Maybe. Four. Three. Three minutes. Three and a half. Two. Maybe like two minutes. Yeah. We'll say like a two. Yeah. And a, and a, and a movie that's. Wait, let me see the time frame. In a movie that's about two hours and 12 minutes get about maybe let's say collectively get maybe about five minutes of a good fight mm. collectively of all the fights <laughs> like watchable fights yeah it, it was <laughs> shit was bad <laughs> don't watch this movie <laughs> it, I, I i did a review i did a review for it at um for uh, screengeek.net and i gave it like a c i but i think like my nostalgia love was kind of affecting that review i would have gave it a d <clears throat> you gave like a d for duke d for like d minus <laughs> d minus not even like good attempt a d minus like a you know a d minus if you're gonna say d like you know dick then it's a d minus like if it's actually just a micro penis oh man we're sorry for any micro penis listeners out there this movie is a micro penis. Don't watch it. <laughs> Jesus. All right. That's our review for Godzilla. The king. Oh, king of the monsters. Yeah, don't king watch King of it. the micro penis. King of the micro penis. Okay. Um, so last week we introduced a new segment called Simon Says. Uh, Simon Andrews. Ah, I got his name right. Simon Andrews, who's a writer for ScreenGeek.net. It's our buddy over there, over in Great Britain, Mario. (laughs) We're so sorry that Trump is (laughs) over there right now. Uh, uh, No, 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 no. Oh, wait, it's your turn to babysit. Yeah, seriously. Um, (laughs) So he took time time out of his busy schedule to... uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Let me let me let me backtrack. So our Simon said segment is that uh, our buddy Simon will send us a letter, an email, uh, to uh, the Real Appeal at Gmail, and there's a little bit of a mix-up when it comes to dialogue between America, uh, Americans, and the British. Uh, last week we talked about uh, biscuits, biscuits and, and gravy. gravy, and Simon over there, you know, giving us the four by one and uh, the lexicon over there in the dialogue. What's confusing? For them, and will ask us since we are experts in the American culture. <laughs> Kelsey, what did he write to us this week? Simon says it's another busy working week here at Screen Geek headquarters, and another question about American movie culture for Mark and Kelsey to pick apart from across the pond. Thankfully, after last week's chicken juice and scone <laughs> shenanigans, we're I moving- completely forgot about the chicken juice comment. <laughs> We're moving away from the divisive issue of food description and instead of going back to school. 
One of the mainstays of any high school movie or coming-of-age drama always seems to involve a reference to the school's bleachers, and particularly what kids get up to on or underneath or behind them. Now, we Brits perfectly understand the concept of bleaching something, from our pearly white teeth to our shiny teacups. Y'all bleach your teacups. Like, that's a thing? I I read this once before, and Uh, that just hit me now. Like, that's weird. That's weird. You guys are weird. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Bleaching is an aspect of our everyday lives. So you bleach your teacups every single day? Comment, Simon. Yeah, like, you need to tell us about this. (laughs) I'm I'm concerned about you. We have some questions for you now. (laughs) (laughs) But are you seriously trying to tell me that the youth of America choose to indulge in a touch of (laughs) hanky-panky... Are you 50? Behind what we can only assume to be enormous dispensers full of concentrated household cleaner? I say again, what the fuck? I love your imperial servant, Simon. God save the queen. In parentheses. Mm -hmm. Too many dots. Yeah, it's three tops, Simon. Three tops. That's it. All right. maybe, (laughs) Maybe five dots is a British thing, too. We have questions for you, Simon. (laughs) <laughs> so okay <laughs> bleachers uh okay so simon um and over there anybody else who's wondering bleachers over here is another word for uh what you guys call what stands correct uh Kelsey, okay so what i read online mm-hmm. is that um the british call them stands mm-hmm. if they're in like under a cover or in a building. They're called stands. They're called stands. Now, okay. if they're outside, yeah, they're called open air stands. Open air stands. Okay. Now, if you said that over here, open air stands, people would be like, "What? We wouldn't be talking about." But yeah, <clears throat> when when someone's in these movies, these coming of age story movies, um, when they refer to as you know on the bleachers behind them, they're essentially saying we're gonna go somewhere private and like make out or get a handy or fuck or something something of that sort yeah or smoke yeah or or smoke smoke some smoke a doobie take drugs um over here and when where i grew up we called them bleachers or stands whether (laughs) but the funny thing is Mm. i grew up in new england which is you know massachusetts connecticut yeah we without exception call them bleachers you just call them bleachers yeah Okay, yeah, here we can go like either or, bleachers or The stands stands for us, the stands are if you're in a stadium. Oh, okay. But not like, there's no differentiation outside of that. Like, it's always the bleachers. Um, What I did find out um, is um, I'm reading this from a website called funtrivia.com. They say um, a key feature of bleachers is that they are generally uncovered and unprotected from the sun. Thus, the wooden benches were bleached by the sun. Oh, The term bleachers used in this sense can be traced back to at least 1889. Uh Uh-huh. 1889 when they would uh, sell slaves and they have bleachers, people to watch them, sell the slaves. Go on. No, slavery was abolished by that time. (laughs) Says you. (laughs) <laughs> sure anyway 
Okay, that I did not know. That I did not know that's that was the the meaning of bleachers. Me either. I just looked it up right now. Oh shit, the internet. Simon, don't look at the internet whenever you have a question, just email us. They are <laughs> yeah, we know everything. We know every expert American culture. Experts. Mm. Expert expert. Uh yeah. My so, name isn't Kelsey, uh, it's Kel American. Oh fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, so if you ever watch an American film and they're like, hey, let's go buy the bleachers. I mean, even even when you even when I was in high school, when someone said they're going to the bleachers, that when someone says if it's not doing a sports event. And if somebody said we're going to go to the bleachers, that means something's happening that shouldn't be happening. That but, you want to be a part of, though. Yeah. Or it can even be as far as, like, it's it's, it's kind of in the context, you know, like, oh, he's over there by the bleachers. Like, I'm going to go over there and fuck him up. Mm. Or, oh, he's over there by the bleachers, you know. <laughs> no one said it like that. In my head, they did. <laughs> by the bleachers. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or just straight up, like, hey, let's go smoke underneath the bleachers. Okay, so we're going to smoke. Like, just, I, I think it's in context when using bleachers like that. Uh, but and how many times do people get caught over there? Under the bleachers? Yeah. Oh, there was a lot of times we got caught. Well, oh. I i mean, I didn't go. I was smart. I ran. You ran? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I wasn't cool enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I don't even know. Oh, my God. I just had a flashback now. Oh, man. Okay, sorry. I had a I had a serious flashback of high school about going underneath the bleachers one time. Holy shit. I think I went under there one time just because I was bored. That was the only time <laughs> I ever went under there. It was dirty. It was like those wooden ones that are in the gym that you can pull out because they're all flat against the wall. Uh-huh. And then you start pulling them and they like, you know, they cascade or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I went under there and it was so dirty under there. Yeah, and no, I was like, this is gross. Why am I here? And yeah. I got out of there. Nobody, nobody cleans underneath the bleachers. There's hobos, hobo communities that live in there and shit. <laughs> Those rats playing rummy. <laughs> Just playing the dice and shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So hopefully that answers your question, Simon, or if anybody else who had a burning question trying to figure out why America's calling bleachers. The end. Now go go uh, bleach your teacups. Yeah, savage. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's going to be this week. Simon says, uh, and from there, we are going to jump right into our geriatric cinematic review. Uh, this week's geriatric sorry, this week's geriatric cinematic review is the 1964 Toho classic, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Nothing the screen has ever shown before can surpass the thrills of Ghidra, the three-headed monster. Created from an atomic fireball hurled from outer space, Ghidra, the three-headed monster, threatens man's very existence on Earth. And that was Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Um, after a meteorite unleashes a three-headed beast upon Tokyo, Mothra tries to unite with, uh, uh, sorry, unite with Godzilla and Rodan to battle the extra extraterrestrial extra, uh, extraterrestrial. Thank you, extraterrestrial threat. Uh, film was like I said, came out in 1964. It was directed by 
Ishiro Honda. Ishiro. Ishiro Honda. Um, and it's a lot of people that I honestly cannot pronounce, and I don't want to offend them if they're still alive or people who are related to them. So, there was a child who used to watch these Godzilla movies growing up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they would show up on the Sci-Fi Channel, Godzilla Week. It happens like once a year, I think, or something like that. Is and that like Shark Week? Yes, but better. Okay. It's Godzilla. <laughs> and it was just Godzilla all the time. It was fucking amazing. Mm. Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Godzilla versus Destroyer. Uh, Godzilla fucking, takes the poop? Yeah. Godzilla, king of all the monsters. Destroy all monsters. Gojira. Like all these guys. All these great go- uh, Godzilla. Rodan, because Rodan has their own movie. Uh, Mothra has their own movie. Great fucking films. Um, so this one, the reason why we actually picked this one is this is essentially Godzilla, king of the monsters. That just recent release. Um, but actually better. But actually better. And a lot of, it's like worse, but better. Yeah. It's like I didn't get angry when I watched it. Yeah, it has that campy feel to it. But like, if anything, the story was way better. Like the human side of the story was actually like interesting. Because um, it's like it involves like a princess and a secret organization that's like trying to assassinate her and how this princess might be connected to to Ghidorah and the reason why Ghidorah is there. Mm-hmm. It was fucking. I, I love. I actually liked that story more than I than the story from um, the recent Godzilla release. I found the story a little confusing, mm-hmm. but once I stopped trying to really understand it because it, it's hard. It was. It wasn't dubbed. It was... It was subtitled. Yeah, subtitled. Subtitle. So, I mean, I guess maybe that might be part of it because when you're trying to, like, write down notes and then you're uh, trying to read, uh, yeah, sometimes that's true, things yeah. will go by a little bit quick. Um, so it didn't really make sense, but I, I really enjoyed the main actress. Not not the one who was the princess, but the one who was like the reporter. The oh yeah, she was oh yeah, the reporter chick. Yeah. I really liked her. Uh-huh. One for one thing, she's gorgeous. Yeah. Like I'm, even for that era with the crazy hair and the mm. ugly makeup and like I thought the makeup's great. In this one it was fine. Okay, gotcha. She like wasn't affected by any of it. Yeah, she looked great. I I dug the dude who played um, her brother, who was a cop, who was investigating because it, it shows how their stories connect. Um, the cop is investigating these the supposed assassination of this princess, and there's this woman that just happens to appear out of nowhere. Her she's like drawing a crowd, saying like, uh, "The end of the world's coming. There's a monster coming. I'm from the planet Venus." They called him. What she called herself? A Vis- Venus. Venusian. Venusian? Was it Venusian? I thought it was like Venusin or some shit like that. And she's investigating, the sister is investigating the story of this woman who came, the Venusian. And the cop brother is investigating the death of this princess and how they're connected. And what ends up happening is like the princess is this woman. But they went really weird. Let me take a step back. Her death was funny. <laughs> First of all, she's on this. She's from. She's a princess from like sh- not Shanghai, but from some land. And their getup is really weird. It looks like they're like going to like a Shakespearean cosplay party because <laughs> they 
wear those frilly collars from yeah. like Edwardian time, like King Edwardian time, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's King. Called. Ed, yeah, get a, look at a picture of King Edward. Look at a picture of William Shakespeare. You'll know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> and then like she gets like a command. I don't think they really even explained where she got that command from, but pretty much like a hypnotic command saying, "Go outside of the airplane" because they were on an airplane. And she opened up the airplane door because she took a shit and needs to air out everything. And then the plane explodes. <laughs> now she jumped out and the plane explodes. And then this one, the woman ex- comes out. And they, the reason, the way how they explain how she survived was like she fell through a portal? Oh, I was, yeah. I was so, like muddled on that. <laughs> so first you find out from this one guy how he got the princess's bracelet. Because yes, she, yeah, I completely blanked out. So on that. the people who were actually supposed to be her protectors end up being the ones who are supposed to assassinate her. Yeah, it was an inside job. And um, she always wore this bracelet. Yeah, it's like and, a sign of like royalty, right? Yeah, and so they figured, okay, we did our job. She's she's dead. Then all of a sudden, this lady appears. And she's talking to everybody and they're like, oh, we need to investigate this because she looks just like her, but it's impossible because she's dead. Yeah, she's like speeching. She's like giving like the the end is nigh type speeches, like a hobo and shit. Without any feeling on her face whatsoever. Yeah, or blinking. Um, so she, they they go to her and they find out, not her, um, they, f- they find a fisherman that found her out in the water. Yes, yes, okay. And she traded her bracelet for his clothes. Okay. And at that point, I'm just like, do you fucking mean to tell me (laughs) that this woman Mm -hmm. who's a princess Mm -hmm. who is probably so pampered, she doesn't even know how to wipe her own ass, jumped out of a plane without a parachute and the water broke her fall. Kelsey, it wasn't the water. It was the interdimensional portal that happened during the meteor shower. So I find <laughs> that later and I'm like, oh, that makes much more sense. <laughs> that actually makes more, that's more logically sound than the actress from Godzilla, King of the Monsters. <laughs> Vera Farmaga or whatever. Anyway, sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah. So, um,. What else happens after that? They Oh, then they start doing these weird experiments <laughs> on her. Yeah, because they try to find out if she's like the true princess. And so, they, yeah, shit. they take her to a lab and, mm. you know, they decide what? That they're going to try to talk to her. Oh, she's not. They did tests on her. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with her. So we're going to talk to her. She's not giving anything up because the only thing she can seem to say is... I am from Venus. I am from Venus. I am from Venus. I am from Venus. Oh, she doesn't. She doesn't say it like that. But like, whenever they really ask her a question that can give up her identity, I am from Venus. <laughs> like that. Like there's at one point, um, she's being she's being held in a, a hotel um, by the reporter, and the assassins are coming after her, and they corner her. Oh, they they get into the room, and it's as stupid as like. 21 questions they play with her and she's just like i'm from venus i'm from venus and then they kind of start breaking her a little bit and if eventually the head of the assassin is just like okay this is a person we got to kill her but like the way how they do it is so dumb because she has she doesn't really move she's like she she's as stiff as a board 
but like the goons feel the need to like hold her down even though she's not struggling and they do like this weird close of the knife like close to her chest close to her chest close to her chest oh stop here comes the guy and the cop comes in there's like this kind of like funny gunfight that happens for like a few <laughs> seconds oh totally ridiculous all while godzilla has risen from the ocean mm. what was your comment on on how godzilla look like coming out of the ocean oh yeah all of a sudden there i was and what we saw who was there before him we mean in the water yeah there was one of the other titans no it was a boat it was a boat coming by coming at, it was a boat coming by oh they showed mothra mm. uh in larva form they in- <laughs> jesus christ we'll get to that in a second so yeah you said like godzilla came out of the water so here there i was and that's all i can seem to get stuck on is there i was because all of a sudden there's reptar from Rugrats. Coming out of the water. <laughs> violently and continuously <laughs> vomiting water. Yeah, the way how the water came out of my mouth was like... It's like... Yeah, to me, it looked like it looked like Godzilla was like in the middle of a bath. And like a, her, his boat toy was coming along. And he was like, ah, destroy boat. And he like set it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but we got to go on. We got to talk about Mothra. We got to talk about Mothra. I, we got to talk about how Mothra was introduced. Yes, <laughs> Mothra was introduced because they did like a they were shown a TV program, a record, a TV, a live TV recording, and there was a guest, these two kids, and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna have you meet someone that you like, like a, a famous celebrity." Who do and, you want to meet? Yeah, who do you want to meet? And it was the Mothra, the Chinese Mothra, Mothra twins. These like little, I don't know, like five inch tall women. Um, and these twins and they they speak in unison and they're from infant island infant island and they sing to to conjure up mothra they cut to like uh, uh, uh. what when they sing uh, the very first note and how they hold it out sounds like the ricola commercial Oh my god. You know god. how they go ricola and yeah. then she's yeah. like, they're like Ma-da-da. Yeah, it was straight up like that. And then, like, they turn transparent and fly on a carpet to the <laughs> island. And then, like... They're singing about being happy. Yeah, and why is Martha crying or something like that? And they cut to, like, these people, like, worshipping Mothra, like... In on a their cave. Knees, in a cave. And you're thinking, like, okay, they're just cut to... No, apparently they had a camera in there. They yeah. were just shooting, they were shooting this, this worship. <laughs> yeah, and so Mothra is actually a television personality. Yes, Mothra. And you know, they're singing. <laughs> the, the Mothra twins are singing to Mothra, and Mothra's bobbing her head like, yeah, yeah. I like this music. Yeah. I'm not crying. Who's what the goddess? fuck are you talking about? Who's your goddess? Mothra yeah, is. Yeah, I'm fat, but it's cool. Like, yeah, it was cute fat. Is cute. She fat. looks like a dookie. A dookie with red eyes. Okay. Uh, dookie. I don't. I'm trying to see where the Mothra twins, Mothra Leo's fairies, are called Elsa, El, Elisa, L E I A S. Wait, spell it. E. Sorry. E L I A S. 
Elias. Elias. There, Elias, which consists of Mole and Laura. Those are the, and their estranged sister, Beverly. What? Belvel. They had a third sister. However, it's revealed that Monarch Research is identical twin sister. It represents Mothra. Okay, so yeah, I guess it's Mole and Laura are the Mothra twins. Anyway. So, yeah, that is, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, yeah, so, um, Ghidorah, <laughs> Ghidorah came down in the meteorite, and these explorers, the scientists explorers are, like, trying to figure out what Mothra, or what this asteroid is, which looked like a giant, it looked like a giant oatmeal? You said giant raisin. It, yeah, it looked like a giant raisin, and these researchers were like the Keebler elves like we found the raisin and was gonna like make cookies out of them or some shit i was like wow we're doing they this. had like a wild getup too like they were all in like yellow and yeah, like mountain red climbing. like yeah. but they look like mountain climbers like not like modern mountain climbers <laughs> no they look like a mountain climber that you would watch from like a, a shirley temple film or some yeah. shit or you would see like these clothes like in like the sears catalog back in the day yeah. That's what it looked like. <laughs> so, like, Mothra comes out, right? And it's so hilarious because Mothra comes out. You can see, like, the strings pulling the, the raisin, the giant raisin apart. <laughs> but I will admit, when Mothra came out, you said it looked like a phoenix. Yeah. Which I didn't, I, I was just like, oh, shit, I never thought about that. But it was like this fire wings and, like, all this, like, this, like, it was a fire. It looked like a fireball, but, like, in the form of a body, of Mothra's mm-hmm. body. And it turned it wasn't. Into, it wasn't Mothra. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It was, yeah, Kidora. Uh, sorry. Kidora came out, and it was like this fire shape of Kidora's body, and then, boom, here comes Kidora. Like, it was like, transition Kidora, and then yeah. stream close-up to Kidora. I was like, fuck, yeah, here comes Kidora. <laughs> but it Ghidorah. was like a quick, weird close-up. It's like, right in yeah. your face. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Kidora's coming to fuck shit up. <laughs> uh, so Rodan comes out, Godzilla comes out, and they're, like, just duking it out. They're just like, hey, what's going on? We're going to fight. And they're just, like, fighting as the movie's going on. And... Um, the Mothra tw- twins uh, reveal that in order to defor- defeat Ghidorah, Mothra, uh, Mothra, Rodan, and Godzilla have to team up to defeat this alien. So <laughs> Mothra's like has to go over there and actually convince these two titans to like, hey, can y'all stop fighting? Because we got like some big issues coming along, and it's like this—it's the size of a three-foot Hydra monster. <laughs> and even like the fight between uh, Godzilla and Rodan was pretty funny, but it was like cool to watch. It was. Oh my god, it was so entertaining. Apparently, the only thing Godzilla can actually do in this film is kick rocks or throw rocks. Or try to hit, hit him with his tail. Hit him with his tail. Yeah, he has his atomic his atomic breath, but he uses it like a he uses it a few times. But yeah, most of the time. And it like, wasn't even it didn't look atomic. It just looked like a gust of wind. Yeah, like. And then hot, I was like, oh, so you would just have bad breath. Yeah, cool. Like a hot like a hot blast of steam just like right in the like face. Stinky breath steam. Yeah, exactly. I'll knock anybody out. Any monster. Uh, so yeah, and it's it's actually pretty funny because at one point Mothra gets in between the two and like sprays them both with her silk but she does one at a time and like rodan's like ha 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 and then rodan gets blasted he's like oh but like when rodan gets blasted i don't mean to be crass but look kind of like jizz it's like <laughs> blam, right in the face and everything um and then he's all like pulling his head back like oh yeah it's like she but, it's, but it looks so funny because he he just looks like he's he's perplexed or something. he's like perplexed he's like what is this <laughs> what's going on here yeah Whoa. 
Yeah, there's even one point it was so funny that um, Rodan is picks up Godzilla, right? Which kind of looks weird. It would look inappropriate, like he was almost he, dry humping him. <laughs> picks him up, carries him, and to be the biggest dick in the world, Rodan drops Godzilla on top of a electrical tower, but it like land. He like lands it with his crotch. <laughs> And then, like, Godzilla gets up, and he's, like, hey, you know, kind of, like, yelling at him. And Rodan does his look, like, with his wings up. Like, he's almost flipping him off at the same time. Yeah. Like, yeah, I fucking did that. And then they continue to fight. It looks like someone was playing with action figures as a child, and they yes! filmed it. That's where we get that from, those old Godzilla films. <laughs> um, well, there was something in that scene that was hilarious, though. So. Oh, your favorite saying. When Mothra, when uh, the oh, twins are translating yeah. for Mothra. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It was so fucking hilarious. So Mothra is talking to Rodan and Godzilla, and the the Mothra twins are translating for everybody else to understand. And you can tell Rodan and Godzilla are just like, no, like we don't care. We're not gonna fight for humanity. You know all this kind of stuff. And Godzilla says this, and I quote, humans are always bullying us. And he throws his head back. He throws like, his head back, and Rodan's like, I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just standing there looking at Mothra like, get the fuck out of here. We're, we want to fight. Get yeah, the fuck away. I want to get that on a t-shirt. Humans are always bullying us. I so want to get that on a fucking t-shirt now. I he looks even- derpy. Yeah, he looked derpy. He was doing like a lot of like, yeah, like when Rodan flew in, like the first time they were fighting, mm-hmm. Godzilla was just kind of like just staring up, like, huh, 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 huh? Ah! <laughs> 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 so okay, oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Then there was a part when they were fighting too. This fight sequence is so ridiculous. Who Rodan and Godzilla? Yeah. Okay. So the rock throwing kind of got <laughs> like it escalated, right? Yeah. So at first it was like a lot of Godzilla getting knocked down, and then mm-hmm. of course whoever was in that suit really couldn't get up, and you could see them struggling. Yeah. Godzilla starts kicking rocks and kicking rocks and kicking rocks <laughs> and kicking rocks, and then kicking more rocks. Maybe, I don't know if he kicked a rock or picked one up, but mm-hmm. it was a, like a good size rock. Yeah. And chucks it at Rodan. Yeah. And Rodan catches it. And then they're just hitting, I don't know if they're hitting it or they're oh, throwing it back and forth. Yeah, like he, he throws it at Rodan's head and Rodan bounces back and it bounces off no, Godzilla's first they head. were like catching it though. And oh, then, okay. it, then it went to them hitting it with their head. Back and forth, like if they're on a soccer team or some shit. Or like volleyball or something. And then, like, Mothra's just sitting there between them, just looking at them, like, okay, Rodan has it. Turn my head. Okay, Godzilla has it. You just see Mothra's head looking back and forth, like, what the heck? (laughs) Like, come on, guys, seriously, stop playing. So I'm like, okay, so I actually wrote down, um, that now they're playing volleyball while Mothra watches. <laughs> it turned into a volleyball game. And then I wrote down, the reaction shots are amazing. Oh, those reaction shots are <laughs> the pinnacle of acting. Just like, you can't see our faces, but the reaction, reaction shots were like, oh, oh. 
and the, but they extreme zoom really really fast yes. and it's just slightly shaky when they do it yeah to like jolt you into shock or some <laughs> shit uh okay so after the negotiation has failed uh, Mothra's like, fuck this. I'll go fight. Go- I'll go fight Ghidorah because y'all some bitches. Okay, <laughs> Mothra doesn't go anywhere fast at all. No, Mothra she doesn't. She forever. like wiggles her way across the land, mm-hmm. and her only power is to throw silk at people. Or, or would you call it silly string? So, yeah, silly string. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. She, like, leaves, and by the time she gets to Ghidorah, there's, you know, Godzilla and Rodan, and they're like, yeah, we'll help you. We changed your mind. Yeah, like, when, like, Rodan gets down there, Ghidorah's like, blah, laser blast. No, lightning blast. like, over and over. Ghidorah, uh, Mothra gets, like, fucked up. Yeah. Like, from the jump. Well, and the thing that, that I thought was funny was that everyone is in agreement that Mothra can't fight Ghidorah. Mm-hmm. Godzilla can't and Rodan can't, but if they all work together, then they could. Yeah. And I'm like sitting here thinking to myself, how the fuck <laughs> is a fat little turd with red eyes going to do anything against a three-headed monster? Silk. She can't. <laughs> Silk. So apparently the only... <laughs> Rodan yeah. picks... Uh. They, they, like, pick up Mothra and use her like a cannon. Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. So, Godzilla... Godzilla. Oh, Godzilla... <laughs> Mothra bites onto Godzilla's tail as yeah. Godzilla's walking up the hill to pull Mothra up the hill. Yeah, pull, yeah, pull <laughs> Mothra up the hill. And, like, so they all start... They all just start getting up in Ghidorah. And Ghidorah's actually holding, holding on its own. Um, and at one point, finally, like... Uh, Mothra crawls on top of Rodan and is like a shoulder cannon, like firing all like this silk or silly string on on Ghidorah. And it kind of like entangles Ghidorah. And that's where Godzilla is like kicking rocks, throwing rocks, kicking rocks, throwing rocks, (laughs) kicking rocks, throwing rocks. I thought she was going to start throwing blows and shit like that, like punches. Um, And there's even at one point where like Ghidorah uses... Uh, it's lightning strike to like zap Godzilla in the balls. And then, yeah, like, and then he turns around and tries to run away, and he, he zaps get, him in the butt. Yeah, blasts in the butt, and, get, and Godzilla's like, blah, like face first into the ground, like face plants that shit. <laughs> um, so, so then apparently they yeah. threw enough rocks at uh, Ghidorah and stuff that he just flies away. Yeah, just flies away. The that's end. It. Flies away, like doesn't destroy him or anything like that. He's like, get the fuck out of here, and like that's it. They like. Uh, Cause I know I know Rodan, like body slammed himself against uh, Ghidorah. Uh, Mothra was hit him with all that spray shit. Uh, Godzilla, I think, hit Ghidorah with the uh, the atomic breath a couple of times. But eventually, yeah, Ghidorah just flies away. That's it. No explosion. Yeah. No dismemberment. Just, that's it. Bye. No. And then the princess comes back. Yeah, she as did. the princess, like she's not taken over by any alien. Yeah, her memories, like her memory, comes back and. Um, she kind of remembers some of the ordeal that happened. In she the, only remembers being saved by the detective. Yeah, of yeah. course. And then that's it. And then like Godzilla goes away, Rodan goes away, Mothra goes back to her cave to be worshipped. And uh, and the television personality yeah, once yeah, again. Yeah, the television personality. And like that's it. That's that's the end of the movie. And 
we were cracking up, but we were having a blast while watching it's it. It's a fun, stupid movie. Like, it's... You could tell that they had fun making it. It wasn't meant to be super serious. It was just supposed to be for a good time. And I think, you know, we're going to have to give our final take on that film. Yeah. Um, before we before we do that, a uh, couple of things I want to bring up about Ghidorah, or about this movie. Um, last week, we said we would do Kojira. And I kind of went against that because I don't know if we had, if we started this podcast sooner, maybe we could have done it for the 2014 Godzilla movie, or maybe we'll, I know we'll still do uh, Gojira at some point. But I something something was picking at me um, about doing that movie. And as I'm going through like all these Godzilla move, um, films, and they kind of blend in together because they're kind of like the same thing. There's like maybe a story going on, the monsters fighting. I came across this trailer and I looked at it and I got goosebumps because I remember watching this and just having the biggest smile across my face as a kid while watching this. We saw the trailer again, that fucking same smile came back. I was mm. like, "Fuck yes, we got to, we got, we're definitely gonna rewatch." I saw the preview and I'm like, "I'm gonna fucking hate this movie." <laughs> yeah, you can. You should come out thinking like this movie's gonna be stupid. Well, it was stupid, but it was fun. Stupid. Fun. Stupid. It's hard to watch very badly animated. Or whatever like monsters, right in the middle of their fight with no context. So it just looks yeah. cheap and yeah. old, and that's it. Yeah, and of course, like in today's technology, and then fucking Ghidorah sounding like cowbells. Oh, I love the sound of Ghidorah. And Rodan sounding like a tea kettle. Yes. <laughs> um, so here's a bit of trivia for the film. Um, this was the first movie to feature King Ghidorah, who would later go on to be uh, Toho's main villain monster. Um, this is actually the first film that Godzilla was not defeated. In films prior, Godzilla was either like killed, destroyed, or like, you know, tossed aside to go away. Um, oh, okay, I was actually mistaken. Godzilla actually never uses his radioactive breath on Ghidorah, but uses it on Verdan once. Um, this was actually the first film that Godzilla was seen as a hero. Uh, he was always seen as a terror, just destroying villages and cities and shit like that, and people trying to figure out how to defeat him. Uh, he would later on, he would later go on to defeat other creatures like you know, Mechagodzilla, uh, Destroya, um, Rodan. Uh, there is uh, a Mecha Ghidorah that comes into the fight. Um, I don't exactly remember how the story goes, but like Ghidorah gets defeated, uh, hibernates in the ocean wakes up 200 no his body's found 200 years later and the aliens from the past fix up his body and send him back to like the 20th century where he's like supposed to destroy everybody which actually sounds kind of interesting yeah um what i find interesting is that despite how old this film is Mm -hmm. um it's actually the final film to feature the ito sisters or you know the mother twins oh yeah holy shit yeah, the Vez and Monster Princess. Wow. Oh, the, I, that's probably the actresses, the Edo sisters. Because uh, I know, if I remember correctly, Mothra does appear in many more Godzilla films. And I think, actually, they have they do have the Edo sisters. Oh, I mean, sorry, not the Edo sisters. Um, they have mm-hmm. the Mothra twins, but it's played by different played people. Played by people, okay. Different twins. It's funny, because they looked similar, but they didn't look like twins to me. Yeah, like you can see like a little bit of differences between. You the look two. their mouths. Like one of them was had thinner lips, and you could see her teeth, and she had a prettier 
like what, mouth lip? structure. Oh, okay. But then the other one had like a fuller lips too, but it was very similar to her. So you kind of felt like they were related, but you don't know if you're being racist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like they all look the same. Yeah, you're being I'm racist. Like, <laughs> so I'm like, wait, I don't know anything about them. Are they actually <laughs> related? Okay, they're related. Cool. I'm not racist. <laughs> okay. So um, what did you think about uh, Kidora, the three-headed monster? I think you should skip the theater with the new one. Oh, skip uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters? Yeah, and just, you know, rent this one. Yeah, this one you can find on uh, YouTube for like three ninety nine. Have a viewing party. Yes, have a few drinks, make a drinking game out of it. Smoke a joint? Yeah, like this is, I would watch this again. Really? I don't rewatch things because I know what happens. Uh, Except, you know, Avengers Endgame. There yeah. are a few exceptions. Yeah. I usually don't rewatch old films. Mm. I would watch this again and just fucking have a good time with it. Yeah. I, gotta, I want the dub version. I gotta um I gotta start introducing you to more of like Toho stuff. There's actually like three different eras of Godzilla films. It's mm. the uh Hisho Hisho era, which is like the middle. And then the Millennium Era, which is like the latest. And then there's another one. I forgot what that that's called. But there's like three different eras of like Godzilla films. And they're 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 similar and they're different. Are and they good in their own ways? They're good in their own ways, but some of them are just like bad. You know, I don't want to see those. No, they're fun bad though. Like there's actually okay. No well, lo- you just made it sound like bad bad. I don't want to watch bad bad. I want to watch good bad. Okay, we watch good bad. Watch good bad. There's actually, I actually found out that there's a, a Mothra trilogy film. It's called The Rebirth of Mothra. And it actually gets into the history of Ghidorah. And I was just like, and I watched this video on it. I was like, holy shit. And like, Ghidorah's history is actually pretty fucked up. Like, mm. that dude's a savage motherfucker. <laughs> Love Ghidorah. Because um, you like savage people. Yeah, I like savage people. You know, like the ones <clears throat> that bleach teacups for a living. Oh, I love you, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I love Ghidorah. That's one of the reasons why <clears throat> I, I wanted us to talk about this movie. And you guys will have noticed that the beginning track of our intro for this week is uh, Phasers by King uh, Ghidorah. Uh, or sorry, King Ghidorah, who is a uh, one of the many personalities of uh, legendary hip-hop artist uh, MF Doom. Uh, you should definitely check out that King Ghidorah album. One of the greatest hip hop albums I've ever listened to in my entire life. Great shit. So, Kelsey, you tell folks to watch Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, over King Kong. Uh, I'm sorry, King Kong. <laughs> Godzilla, King of the Monsters, correct? Yes. Yeah, you're pretty much like watching the movie again. like. But like having fun, fun while doing it. Having fun. And I had to second that. I had a blast watching this movie. Uh, I don't fuck that Godzilla movie. I'm I'm actually dreading that Godzilla vs King Kong film. F- fuck man. Yeah, I don't want to watch that. Yeah, unfortunately, there are tons of people who do like that movie. Uh, because uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, uh, made about the the credit scene the the end credits for uh godzilla king of the monsters uh domestically actually worldwide 170 177 million dollars that's not really a lot compared to other stuff for worldwide uh out of a budget uh it's made a budget back 170 million dollars 
That was the budget. So it's uh, made his money back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The end credits. The end credits. Weird they really were selling... Okay, Godzilla's going to fight King Kong. Oh, yeah. They were like trying to sell some kind of legend or something, but trying to make it all epic and stuff. And they just kept like repeating like Godzilla fights King Kong. Yeah, there's like hints of because uh, we're going back to King Kong. I'm sorry. I keep saying that we're going back to Godzilla King of the Monsters. Um, there's a lot of hints that they give that they're eventually going to fight. Um, there's a mention that like this is going to happen. Oh, shit. And you we, see like a news article or something about Skull Island. Yeah, you see this book, Skull Island. I mean, it's really not much of anything. We wouldn't want to tell you about the post credit scene because technically we're out of the spoiler section, so we just kind of spoil some of it. Whatever. I mean, it's going to happen anyway. They're going to fight. That's it. <laughs> that's not a spoiler. That's news. Yeah, it's news. Yeah. Uh, other than that, that's going to be our show for the week. Um... You can reach us at uh, therealappeal at gmail.com. That's real, two E's, no A, appeal, spelled out like appeal. Let me correct that. Uh, you can reach us at uh, Twitter at appealreal, once again, real with uh, two E's, no A. And uh, our Facebook page, which is Real Appeal on Facebook. Uh, please drop us a line if you want your shit read. Uh, so next week... Um, Dark Phoenix is coming out We will most likely talk about that movie We haven't decided What's going to be the geriatric cinematic review for it, it What about the first X-Men movie? I'm, 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 I'm inclined to say I'm inclined to say the second X-Men movie Because that's better than the first one okay. But I don't, I don't know We might pick something completely different Because seriously, <laughs> fuck Brian Singer Fucking pedo Anyway, so that's going to be our show for tonight. It was a long one, kind of about two hours. And there were all about two hours? No, about an hour and 50 minutes. Hour 40. That's hour 40. about? About. No, about. like, no, literally, we're like 30 seconds away from two hours. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, uh, we will say good night. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye.